like you see like in the, in the England squad do you think like we produce enough talent do you know what I mean like do you think the England team comes from grassroots really or do you think it's kind of luck do you know what I mean no I think I think we produce a good amount of talent I think right now England's got a good talent pool but the issue is the amount of talent that we don't produce so when you think about like how the Asian population in the country, when you think about the Turkish population in the country, the Somalian population in the country, and then you look at the Premier League or even the Championship, it's not represented in any way. So you're thinking, why is that? There has to like you know, if, if it was a case of there's some, but there's not that much, you'd say cool. But the fact that you know, especially for example, the Turkish community is so like die-hard um, football fanatics and they we don't really have like a England-born Turkish footballer in the Premier League mm. it seems very suspicious to me so I think there's an issue there in getting people from grassroots into the Prem I see what you mean what do you think Rohat because I know you have a like do you think it's due to like maybe you can say like some inherent discrimination I don't know or do you think there's more to it than that I wouldn't be able to comment on like discrimination part because I'm not 100% sure but if there is like some sort of basically what Germany is doing, because Germany in Germany there's a lot of Turkish players who um, are German born, and for some reason in the German league there's so many like Turkish players that play, but here like Eren said we have got none like there's there is no Turkish player in the Premier League. If there is, there is some people in the lower leagues. But again, they're uh, products of um, uh, Dutch football, German football. Yeah, yeah. They're not any wrong. that I know of English football, which is like it is it is odd. Uh, but for the for the Asian community community, I can definitely say there is some sort of discrimination because um, uh, there was this documentary. I don't know how long ago it was. It did look pretty pretty old, but one guy he was explaining his uh, experience and he was talking about how he was like the highest goal scorer, highest assister, like he was one of the best in the team, yet he didn't get no sort of recognition and nothing. Hmm. So it does get you it does get you thinking, in it? It does um especially for younger uh, younger people who want to get into football, if they see that their their communities, people like them can't make it, then yeah, yeah. really it brings your motivation down. So the work you put in, you know, it can get affected. The good thing is though, some people are coming through like Hamza Chowdhury that I know of. There is a couple more, but... But, like, yeah, you're right. Like, obviously, we all, all know that guy, you know, who got injured and, oh, I could have made it, but, you know, my yeah. knee injury, that done. Obviously, there's that, but then there's... You're right, when you look at the, the UK population and the lack of Asian football players, especially in the Premier League, it's crazy, like, especially when you compare it to the demographic. But, you know, some people might say, oh, perhaps the Asian population in the UK is not... They, like, they don't care about football, perhaps... Like they're more, that's they care more about I, cricket, etc. That's why I specifically mentioned like the Turkish community, because especially in London, where you have like the most, um, you know, football pitches available, there's a lot of money going into football within London. Pretty much the whole of North London is just Turkish people everywhere. Like we're, we're part of that community, you know, Kurdish, Turkish, whatever. And, uh, you know, when you look at that, you think this community loves football like this, a fanatic level of love for football. It's just in my head, it doesn't make any sense that there's not even a single player. And I think the only player that has ever been born in England, um, Turkish player that's born in England, that's played in the Premier League, is a guy called Cem Karajan, who's half English, half Turkish. He played for Reading, and I think he maybe had one season in the Prem. 
yeah. Beyond that, I really can't think of anyone else. Maybe Colin Kazan, but I think he actually just played in the championship. I don't think he's ever played in Prem. So, yeah, I was about to say Kazan. Did you not? Yeah, so I I, I think he was in. He was he was known as the Coca Cola boy because uh, I believe Coca Cola they gave like a, a prize to one of the teams in I think the, you know League One, mm-hmm. and they transferred him with that money from like a non-league team. So it was a yeah, very yeah. small amount, and they tra- so he was also always known as a Coca Cola boy. And I think he went to you know Championship, and then he transferred out to Turkey. So. Again, like I'm not too sure, but the fact that we only really can think of two players, you know, when you consider the the fanaticism or towards that sport within that particular demographic, I mm. think the issue more in England is getting those players out in, you know, actually seeing these players and putting them into the, you know, into the right places to be successful. Yeah, I was going to move on to that. Like, oh, do sorry, you think? Yeah, sorry, but like, do you think? Like, in my opinion, I don't think it's straight up racism. But I think there isn't a system to bring players through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you see in France, yeah, they have a very good footballing system. Like, you, if you're good at football, you're going to get caught. It doesn't matter, like, where you're from or... You, I mean, you've seen this French national team. It, it, it really doesn't matter where you're from or your background. If you're good, the system's going to catch you and run you through straight to the top. But in the UK, I don't know. I feel like... Do you know what I mean? I feel like if... It's, and it's not just, like, ethnic minorities. I also feel like, you know, those people in Middle England, that have nothing, do you know what I mean? Like, absolutely nothing. There's no way for them to be fed into the football, like, the football... Um... I was speaking to a friend, right? He's really good at football. And I was like, oh, why didn't you pursue it? And he was like, oh, you know, where I, where I grew up was basically some village somewhere in the middle of England. Like, there, you can't do football. Like, it's not possible. And it seems like just a city sport. And even then in the city, we know how it works. You know, that you just get scouts that are like just like kind of looking and hoping they'll find someone and if you're lucky enough or you know someone you know you'll get into the trials or the academy do you think there needs to be a system in place instead of this kind of ad hoc way of finding talent before we move on real quick i just want to ask both of you if you've seen the video clip of that guy who's a non-league manager i think and he was saying the most racist shit you can imagine Full on racism. It was, it was yeah, like that, that, frothing out the mouth. Yeah, no, that, that has gone. He's finished. Yeah, he ended up getting fired and whatnot. But then you think the sheer audacity of him and the kind of belief that he thought, oh, I can say this and I can put this onto my, you know, Instagram or my Snapchat or whatever he put it on. Um, and you're thinking this is the type of person who acts as a coach at grassroots levels. So I, I, I agree that the, you know, 100%. We can get into that a bit more about you know the different avenues into sport within this country and how it's done in other countries, especially. I think Roja has a lot of insight on that. But like, I do want to make that point of the reason why we brought up the Asian footballers and the Turkish footballers who just aren't making it pro is because, unfortunately, at a grassroots level, there's a lot of people who think like that, and so you see these these talents just you know slipping through our fingers. And you know, sports is a very weird thing. It, internationally speaking, it brings a lot of pride to a country. And so the fact that we've been so poor and we haven't won a World Cup since 66 is, is kind of mad, you know? And you're thinking we're letting a lot of talent slip by because of people like that who are in these positions. Yeah. I do want to add, though, even though there is definitely 100% um, discrimination and the video is there, it's evident of the guy that you were just mentioning, I do think it's important to also highlight and say that it's not always, always discrimination because like personally for me, and I know a lot of people um, from my community, like Turkish people, Kurdish people, our parents, um, they didn't come here 
and think, ah, oh, I'm going to make my children full players. They came here and said, ah, oh, I'm going to make them doctors. I want to make them lawyers. So it is, I don't think it's fair just to say it's discrimination. So I do feel like sometimes you've got to put some sort of emphasis on family upbringing as well. Mm-hmm. Because when you do look at um, uh, like the English community and such and the others, they, they do like, they do help with their children when uh, they take them to football and stuff. Like for example, when my dad uh, took me to training, he would just wait in the car. But let's say Andrew's dad or Ben's dad, he would be there on the touchline, you know, watching, having a look, trying to give some advice and such. So, you know, it's easier for them to get in, um, get introduced to football because me getting introduced to football, it was all by myself. It wasn't nothing to do with what my dad said, what my mom done. So um, I do think it's important to also highlight uh, if your family is sport, football oriented, you'll be, it'll be easier for you. So yeah, yeah. Um, you shouldn't just uh, blame discrimination, even, even though it does definitely play a part. Um, another thing I did want to add is, though, for any of the listeners who are um, into football, the Premier League did actually um, announce a scheme uh, uh, and it's open to those who identify uh, as black, Asian or non-white minorities. So um, I don't think it's a way to get into football as a professional football player, but it, I think it allows you to put you into football, into different parts of football. Um, I don't know, maybe a coaching... Um, sport director, all those stuff. Like, I'm not quite sure. I haven't looked really into it. But for those who are interested, they should, um, they should uh, have a look at this. So if they just write um, Premier League um, uh, scheme, uh, they should be able yeah. to find something. I mean, so that's, like, that's my opinion, yeah. I agree with Rohat when he says that. Obviously, there's more to it. I've, obviously, that, that end of the, of the discrimination exists. And I think it's more prevalent than I put it. But... I don't think it's the necessarily like overriding factor, but it definitely exists. For example, when we see in the Premier League, like when you look at the managers, you know, in the Premier League or even in a, even in the league below, like how many ethnic minority managers do you see there? Are you are you see, and you know people? You get some people saying, "Oh, you know, if they deserve it, they'll be there." You are you really telling me like that? The whole of England, the whole of England. You know what I mean? There isn't like one guy. Do you know what I mean? One two guys that are like good yeah, at think, managing football clubs like is there's quite a few foreign managers though like in terms of from abroad but do you mean when you say that do you mean like ethnic minority managers that are from yeah England? like british ethnic oh, okay, yeah, yeah. talent do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. you can't name one you really can't and i think that's part of it like I, I, again i don't think people are frothing I've, obviously that guy that you mentioned exists but i don't think he's the majority of the problem i think really the problem yeah, yeah, no, is I mean, kind of underlying i just raised that i don't want to derail it the conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i just raised that as a as a one of the many reasons as to why I, you know sporting sporting wise we haven't really accomplished some of the stuff that i think but, we can accomplish yeah but i think the racism exists in other ways as well Jeremy, like in sly ways you know when they say like mm-hmm. systematic ways I, th- I think this is a kind of thing we're seeing in football yeah it's, it's also ridiculous. sorry steve it's also yeah. even when you do make it as a football player i think um if you look at it like a lot of um, black players, they will say, oh, they're fast, they're strong when describing their attributes. Um, but when it comes to white players, it's more, oh, that was creative. Oh, that was smart. It's never, it's never about their um, uh, creativeness for a black player. It's always their physicality. And I think that also um, plays um, in football. Not, I will say when you're a professional player, it's more, more of a thing. I feel like that plays also a, a big role in a development as well. 
mm-hmm. because I think it's important to not label black players um, just because they're so physical. Oh, he's good because he's physical. I don't think that's fair. I think that's really degrading as well. So in football itself, there's definitely there's definitely improvements that need to be made. I believe for people who for the professionals and for people trying to get into football and anybody that wants to be a part of football, regardless of if you want to be a football player, anybody that wants to be in football, manager, scout, anything. I think it's it's really important. And I do, and I am happy that you brought up the thing as well where you said, how do you get into football? Because I feel like I we don't, obviously we don't have the answers. And if any of the viewers know anybody or um anybody involved in football, they can obviously get to you guys and maybe that's a different conversation. But I feel like it is very difficult to be a part of football because I wouldn't know where to start to be um, a scout, for example. I don't know what the hell I have to do to become a scout. I know that you can get a player ID uh, qualification um, on the FA website. But after that, then what do you do? Like, the, there is no, yeah. you go There's this no way. Pathway. Yeah, and I feel like maybe in other countries, again, I'm not sure, maybe in other countries, it's more clear. Do you understand? Should we talk a little bit about then, for example, the college basketball system or the college football system in America? Oh, in America is great, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things that America does really well in terms of sports. Like, there's a direct route into into a particular... Like, there's a direct route into the NBA. It, you know, it matters if you're good enough, obviously. So that is, you know, something that needs to be you know, put into focus. So it's not like anyone can just say, oh, okay, I know how to get into NBA. I'm going to get into the NBA. You have to obviously be good, but... You know, there's different scholarships and stuff at university, um, which obviously they call college. And college basketball is huge. They have a huge following. And, you know, people actually like really go and pack out stadiums to watch, you know, whether it's the basketball, the football and whatnot. And uh, if you're good enough and you, you know, do well enough at college basketball level, I believe you can be put into the draft pick. So, again, we don't know the ins and outs of how that works. But then what happens is when you're in this draft, you know, teams from the NBA, if they like way that you've been playing if they like your performance they can pick you in the draft and then there you go that's your direct route into the NBA which seems way more straightforward than for example if you were a young kid and you wanted to I mean let's not even talk about football if you want we can talk about as you said like you know a scout or a coach or something like that there isn't like a direct pathway that you can say okay this Mm. is how you do it I I feel like athletic sports and just sports in general in the UK there isn't a culture built around it and I can give an, another example in America. For example, there's a wrestling system, right? Mm. I mean, the, the wrestling system is very popular. Kids start wrestling at school. And as you go through school, you reach high and higher levels of wrestling. Obviously, the numbers filter down to more elite athletes. But that's the point, is to try and promote um, athletes to grow. Um, but in the same country, let's say, in America, the judo system, which is a fairly similar sport, sport to wrestling, is very weak. And the reason why is because they don't have that kind of system to push athletes through and push people through. Um, I feel like in the UK, what America's experiencing with judo, we have it with every sport. We don't have a structured system to push people who are very good or want to become athletes through the uh, athletic route. For example, e- even in the American wrestling route, right? You get to a certain level, let's say you're not good enough. Straight away, you're guaranteed a job. You're guaranteed a job as a, as a wrestling coach. Do you know what I mean? Like it's built, they've built an ecosystem that works. And you can, um, you, you always hear about football players, you know, what happens if they drop out of the academy, etc., and they just end up doing nothing. You know, they don't have an option. It's because we don't have an economy built around it that's purposeful. 
Yeah, I was just when you mentioned that I was just going to bring up the Man City youth player who um, was released from Man City and unfortunately took his own life. Yeah, and you know it's a very unfortunate reality for a lot of not just footballers but you know any kind of um, professional sports person in this country because, like you mentioned, we don't have like anything for these people to fall back on. What ends up happening is someone dedicates all of their time towards a particular thing and it's their dream and it's their goal. And when they just get dropped and, you know, the, the systems that have picked them up, so whether it be the Manchester City, you know, youth academy, whether it be, you know, anyone, any kind of sports academy, when they don't provide an alternative option for that person, they, I can fully understand why they may feel like they've just been kind of, you know, left out there on their own and the, totally. you know, unfortunate things like that can happen. But it's yeah. like... Yeah, go on, Yeah, again, I, I do definitely agree with um what you guys just mentioned on that that young player who are unfortunate to be the life. I do think the club definitely um do hold some sort of responsibility. But I also think obviously we don't know his ins and outs of his life and his uh, family and stuff, but I do think again it, it it really does come to um family and the people around you. So same with getting into football, like I mentioned earlier, where if your family is not football oriented, family is sometimes it's not really good to just say, oh, it's discrimination. That's why I couldn't get in. But uh, same with this as well. I think it's really important um, with the with having a strong family around you. But Rohan, thing, do you and, not think do you not think the industry owes these people? I mean, they make millions, uh, not millions, sorry, billions of these players. I do mean, you not think the industry should provide? a plan for, you know, yeah, no, the like failed I, investments. Uh, like, like I mentioned, um, it is definitely, the club do have some sort of responsibility. I mean, if it was, if I could like suggest a way or something, maybe these players could um, be, I mean, there's, there's agents that have multiple players in multiple different teams. Maybe you should put some, um, some responsibility, responsibility should be put on agents as well. So if he's getting dropped out from Man City, you know, he should he should be able to maybe go speak to his agent. So maybe the agent should have some sort of extra qualification to deal mm. with these things. Because when you look at it, people complain about footballers. They earn so much money. But footballers go out there, they train, they, they go to different countries, they don't see their family. But the agents, they do a bit of paperwork, a bit of talking, and they get a crazy amount of money. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like the agents are the next on like they should be the next targets they should be the ones who should hold more responsibility because at the end of the day you're looking after that player you're suggesting that player should go to this team and that's his future so i feel like the football clubs are the easy targets and i feel like it's kind of lazy to just say ah oh, the football team the football club should do more which i do agree they should do more but i feel like um the smaller players in the games such as the agents they should definitely have some more uh, input as well i believe I do agree there's like vultures and that's what I see agents as, to be honest. They're kind of just vultures, but they're the outliers. Uh, the industry is much bigger than any agent and much bigger than all the agents combined. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like they benefit the most. This is their tactic. Their tactic is to get in a load of talent and filter out one or two and okay. sell the rest if they can. So, so, so it's in their like prerogative to create this this kind of situation where people have nothing to you know not, nothing to gain and being a professional football player i mean we knew guys at school that would come into school and show you know the teacher the letter to say hey i'm i'm going to go train at tottenham hotspurs instead of doing my sats at year 9 i now, do if, you, if you cut if you cut a child's development at that point you must have 
a responsibility to at least put him into a job or an industry yeah. where he can keep going. Don't quote me on this, but um, I do think they, I don't know at what age this happens, but I do think they give uh, thing, uh, FA qualifications, like they do it. And I think they do BTEC, um, they offer BTEC sports science, I'm going to say, I think. I think, I'm not sure, because uh, when I was um, just surfing on the internet, looking for jobs and such, I did see a couple of like um, jobs to become a teacher and teach like, uh, I don't know, for example, Crawley FC, the players of Crawley FC, the youngsters of Crawley yeah. FC to, to do BTEC stuff. So I think there is some sort of, um, some sort of education, but I feel like um, the other education, the other information the player should receive is the data on uh, the percentage of becoming a football player because the percent is ridiculous. I think it's like 10 in 1 million or something like that become a football player. It's, it's something stupid. I, I really don't know the figure, but it's, it's something stupid. I think they should be aware of their chances as well. Should I tell you something about the human psyche though? If you want something enough, even if you tell me it's one in a trillion chance, I'll say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to be that one in a trillion. Like I know it's easy to say like, oh yeah, if you tell them about, you know, it's unlikely, it's this and that you know maybe they'll tamper their expectations a little bit but the reality is if you if you're somebody who you know always wanted to be a footballer for example or you know any kind of sport let's not speak like speak specifically on football but if you're somebody who you know has dedicated your life to a specific sport or to a specific trade and you're told oh it's a one in a trillion chance you're still gonna in your head you're always gonna think i'm gonna be that one in a trillion so I don't yeah. think like that would affect I guess, how you react to not being able to accomplish that. But I guess regardless. that's where the support system comes in, right? Where the, the football team, the agents, the family, it, like you said, it's reality, it's life, isn't it? You're, like, every, obviously, everybody that's in the position of uh, being in an academy, they are going to go for it. But, you know, that's you have to understand. Like, I can give an example, right? In, um, for, for, in Israel, they have um, a lot of judo champions nowadays. And basically what they did is they changed their system where, uh, so it was, it's mandatory in school and, uh, no, it's, it's not mandatory, sorry, it's not mandatory in school, that's Japan, but a pe let's say you go to a club, right? And you become, let's say, uh, a brown belt or you get to a certain grade mm -hmm. and they think you can be a champion, right? Instead of putting you straight in uh, to championship level, they make you teach a class. Do you understand what I mean? Like make you teach the class. So there's these so there's the people that aren't good enough to be champions end up opening their own schools and end up doing their own thing with judo you know is their job whether they made they, whether they became a champion or not they became part of the judo economy they open up their own schools they have a, a business they have a job and this cycle continues what i feel like with football is that obviously it's not comparable but there's no like when you fail you can still doom do you know what i mean when you fail, don't worry that you can open up a school for them. They, yeah. they, they don't care. Like they, have, no, they don't. They definitely they don't. don't. They don't care. They haven't put that thought through. And yeah, I think they, they really need to. Yeah. No, they, like I said, I don't disagree with you guys. I agree with you guys. I just, I'm just saying, um, you know, it is their responsibility. But let's not just point the finger at the club. Like we should look at the family. We should look at the agent, like I said. But I do agree that there should be some sort of, like maybe there should be some sort of thing where they go, you have to finish a BTEC or uh, you have to finish uni and then you can sign an actual football contract. Maybe the government needs to get involved in like that because it's genuinely, even if it's one kid who killed himself out of a, at the last 10 years, that one life is still so important. So yeah. there should be some sort of change or, I don't know, like you man are saying, something to fall back on. I do I agree. Think, there, there I think the easiest would be like, 
if they can if they can guarantee it let's say take they take up a child in an academy if they can guarantee by the end of the academy he's a fully qualified personal trainer do you know something along those lines mm. so he's not just playing football but he's also learning yeah then at least if he drops out and no club picks him up he knows where to continue he knows where to look for a job do you know what I mean his cv says look i was in the academy for west ham united and i'm a fully qualified personal trainer who's not going to take him up so yeah. I, I, you see it's this is me just sitting on my chair thinking about stuff but let's hope they put in more effort um i want i was i wanted to ask you guys like obviously it's 2021 now we're coming out of the winter inshallah because i've had enough of this winter <laughs> but we're going into like the summer and it's meant to be the olympics in japan obviously it's been delayed like how do you feel like do you look forward to olympics every four years should i be honest with you i really don't care about <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna really? say I, I, it's very boring to me other than very 100 meter sprint. events 100 meter sprints love it you know Dang. like when i know the athlete that's actually in it so like when i knew that usain bolt was gonna race i will stay up wherever the country is in i'll stay up to watch it i'll you know prepare myself to watch it even if it's like 10 seconds and it's done but mm. there's so many sports in there and i think they they included like break dancing or something in the yeah, next yeah, olympics so it's like there's, there's too many sports in there and obviously you know i'm not saying don't do it don't do a sport i'm sure whoever it is that's doing that sport has dedicated their life to doing it to reach the olympian level but you know, I just, I, I just don't really care about the Olympics, if I'm being honest. And I feel like given everything that's happened, it's probably, I mean, I see two sides of the coin, right? So if you're an Olympian and you've spent, you know, five years training now to do the Olympics, obviously you want the Olympics to go forward because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to have wasted the last five years of your life. And obviously, you know, the body breaks down as you age as well. So you want to be at the, at the Olympics at the peak of your athletic performance, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, you're going to throw that big of an event. I mean, how is that event going to work? Are you going to have people going to the event? Because I think that's basically what is one. You know, I think, I think, uh, is it in Japan, Steve? You yeah, it's in Japan, but it won't be happening this year. If it does yeah, happen, so if it does happen even the, the following year, I mean, do you really want to risk maybe like a recurrence or another wave of COVID over that? I mean, are you going to do it behind closed doors? Are you going to have people coming in? But like, Let's I understand say, a let's, lot of money was put in by Japan as well. Like it's a, it's a difficult one. But okay. Me personally, I don't really care about the Olympics. Let's say it was a World Cup. Would you feel the same yeah, way? There we go. Now you're talking, Steve. That's what I like to yeah, say. Yeah, now you're yeah, talking. Yeah. Now you're now you're gonna see yeah. the hypocrite come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it under, out. Bring it out. Under no circumstances should the World Cup be delayed. I want to see that shit immediately. Come on. Um, come on. There's no way it's being delayed. I love that. Bro, the I love feeling. It. I want it. Everybody who's British will understand this. That year, it was 2018 World Cup. Mad. No, no, but you listen, you watch Love Island and then it's the one, ah, oh, that was that year. Yo, 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 no, you, you got me tripping now. Nah, that year, I swear to God, that year was different, man. The, 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 the oxygen the, the felt different, man. The, the, the happiness, the, the vibes, bro, ah, it was so good. I think That's that time, what, me yeah. and Aaron actually went to, uh, to see the, was it the quarterfinal? The one where we got kicked out at Hyde bro, Park? it was the semis. The amount of grown men that I saw weep that day in Hyde Park was insane. And we thought we were going to win. Do you remember? So we went up 1-0 and we were like, fuck it, are we going to fucking take it? The finals. Walker, Walker and Stones, what were they doing? Their defending was terrible. Harry Kane didn't pass it into stuff. Like, it was one of those oh. matches where on another night we win that with ease. 
We win that with you ease. You know what, sure. though? We, we win that with ease, but get absolutely pummeled by France, for sure. You know what? Maybe we were the shit out there. I don't know. Like, it's the what ifs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That That's what I love about the World Cup, bro. No, but That's you know what? what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy that we brought it up. You know what I hate about this country? Go on. You know, um, we went to so we went to the semi-finals, and let's be honest here now. The group we were in were terrible. Colombia weren't Colombia, the old Colombia that we know of. Um, and I don't want to hear this negativity. No, nah, right but listen, I don't want to hear it. Let me land. Let me land. Let me land. And then they gave Gareth Southgate the biggest like praise for what? For what? Why did he get a praise? Why did he still have that job? Thank you for bringing it up. Thank you he for bringing is, it up. Oh, okay, so you're t- okay. Look again. I'm not saying that it's the sole reason. But, I mean, I have to look at Gareth Southgate and say, my guy, if you weren't, you know, if you weren't like this, uh, you know, white British manager, would you have gotten that role? The England job is a huge job. And, and they, the fact that they even gave it to him was crazy to me in the first place. Like, the I fact that they continue to praise him is insane. Like, no, and, then, and, then you, and then you look at the quality of managers in recent years. Uh, before that, they had Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce literally is trying to kill jokes. football every season. I, the <laughs> fact that he came back when they said he came back to West Brom, I like went out into the open sky and I just screamed into the air because no, but that's that's, I hate that's, it. that's I hate Premier it. League heritage though. Come on, that's Premier League heritage. Okay, but sometimes some traditions <laughs> no, you can't need to get die. rid of big Sam. Some tra- you can't some get rid of big Sam. To just go away. No, no, no. So, he so you got he knows Sam he knows his job in it. He knows his spot. He knows his job. When he's in there, he does well. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Play, play it long, head it down, tap it. Yeah, in. yeah, it's yeah. Disgusting. Exactly. I don't want to see that. If you're talking talent, you're talking talent pool. That you know, like I don't want to watch Phil Foden bang it, bang it to the other end of the pitch so that Harry Kane can try to head it down so that I don't know Sterling can tap it in. I don't want to watch that kind of football. So then you look at the previous managers that have been involved in in England. So like Roy Hodgson, seventy year old manager, you know, one of the oldest managers England's ever had. To be fair, he wasn't too bad, but he didn't really accomplish anything at his time there. You look at you know the Fabio Capellos and whatnot, and uh, what was the guy Wally with the brolly? Uh, what, what was his name? The, the no. one that lost Croatia and we couldn't even go to the oh, to the European. Uh, Steve it's, McLaren. It's, it's, oh, uh, Steve McLaren. Uh, yeah. No, so, what's the other guy? Sev. Sven Goran Eriksson. Yeah, not him. I was talking about Steve McLaren. But when you look at these managers, you think like, really, you couldn't you couldn't find anyone else. You couldn't find someone maybe. You know, they just knows football a bit better. Like, why can't we produce better managers in England? Like, it just goes back to our original point. We've got these five or six different managers, like your Sam Allardyce's, your Alan Pardews, who are just the same type of manager who don't play expansive or even good football. They're the same managers that just get passed around from you know Newcastle to West Ham to Bournemouth to Leeds to you know wherever. What? You know these these. I can't like you threw Roy Hodgson under why? the bus. He's a good manager. I, I take that back. I, I like Roy Hodgson. But yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the others, it's like, is this the quality of manager that we have now? You've got Gareth Southgate and you've got the other Neville brother, not uh, Phil Neville. Yeah, that's yeah. Phil yeah. Neville. Yeah, he's he's managing bump. MLS uh, in the MLS, Miami team, uh, Beckham's team. And you're thinking, is this the quality of manager that comes out of England? Hey, I'm not going to lie, though. I would have loved it if England won the World Cup. By I can't time. lie. I would have milked it. <laughs> of course. Of course. No, no, no. By hoofing the ball, I swear I'll do that. Crown British football. I'll like, yeah, man. <laughs> but I do you know what's it. so funny, though? Hoofing the football is what made us lose that semi-final because Jordan <laughs> Henderson just kept hoofing the ball forward with no direction whatsoever, and we ended up losing. You know that hoofing the ball football is so funny, but like Rohat said, if we, let's say, yeah, on the, like, the final minute, 
someone hoofed it up and then he, like the, I don't know, like he just volleyed it Bro, or something. We, we in I'll this country, my we I'll in this country have seen Portsmouth win a cup, and even we've seen Portsmouth right play uh, against AC Milan, where Ronaldinho played against Portsmouth. Here, yeah? we we brought Ronaldinho to Portsmouth by hoofing the ball forward so Peter Crouch <laughs> can head it down and Jermaine Defoe can tap it in. That's, that's, that's what I like. Football. That, that, that is prem heritage, but that's a heritage that, in my opinion, just has to die. And I, and I, I, and I look at that and I say, really, there's not one, like, one more manager that we could get that was maybe... No, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. get really irate with this. I hate that One last dance, man. Do you think down the channel? I need it, bro. Oh, if we won a cup like that, if we won a cup like that, oh my God, I would have loved it. No, but listen but like, to this. This all ties in with the conversation we had at the beginning. Like, what is the route into management then? Because you're seeing guys who have links to football through other means, like a Lampard, who his uncle is Harry Redknapp, who called apparently Derby and said, give him the job. Then called Chelsea and said, give him the job. And he got both jobs because of his uncle. Uh, and he done terribly at both, in my opinion, in both those uh, stations. And you're thinking like, okay, so he can get in that way, but my uncle isn't Harry Redknapp. So let's say I want to become a manager. How do I, as a young person looking to get into football, into management, into coaching, go about doing that? Well, I just actually, don't feel like we have that in... in yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. Wait, so, so, sorry, I, f- I think Lampard kind of... Like, I think if you reach the highest level of football, you should be uh, fast-tracked, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Like, you should be fast-tracked to a managerial position. Not too much. Not to the point where it's like, you know, you're managing Real Madrid for no reason. Cough, cough. But... It shouldn't I mean, be like, oh, you start from absolute well, zero. Absolutely fraudulent. It was just Ronaldo um, and Inshallah. But, yeah, that's what I mean. But, but like, but at the same time, those Steve, great footballers don't necessarily make great managers. But this is different. If it's I know, different I know, I know. Set. But they, 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 I think they, you de- like, they deserve the chance. But what, I would, what, I would what say have they shown that they deserve the chance? When Steven like, what, Gerrard what Arteta, goes to Liverpool, Arteta, then you talk to Okay, that was, a, that was the worst Scouse action <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. So you just stop right there. But like Liverpool what have they actually shown in terms of managerial tact like even Arteta. Look, I appreciate that he's worked under one of possibly the greatest manager ever yeah. for like two years as a coach. But two managers. The, yeah, well, to be fair, he was he was with Wenger for throughout his career. But you know, like what has he actually shown that he got the biggest job in Arsenal? Like, well, couldn't a Graham Potter, for example, get that get that job? Because look, here, here's an example of a young manager who's you know gone out and played uh, managed Ostersons done relatively well there, played some decent football in, uh, I think it's Brighton now. And so it's like, you know, that's a young manager. Why didn't you give him that chance? But you're putting somebody like Arteta through immediately to one of the biggest roles ever. Yeah, let's not even talk Graham Potter. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're a young, let's say, a black footballer who didn't make it in the academy, you're left out in the lurch now. You want to get into coaching, you want to get into management. And then you look at the top division, you look at the championship. And you look at even the first division and what, there's a total of maybe one or two black managers in the entirety of that, none in the Premier League. Doesn't that, doesn't that like, doesn't that infuriate you? And I, like, when I talk about it, it infuriates me because I'm thinking, how yeah. many more jobs can Sam Allardyce get in the Premier League? Yeah, that, that's frustrating. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Just leave. I'm no, sick no. of you. Just go somewhere else. Just go Turkey or something. Just leave. You know, I think you're doing well in Turkey. I'm not even kidding. He would. He would because he played crap football there. So he can go and play in Turkey and put his crap breed of football to use there. Like they got rid of Slavin Bilic, who was playing at least like he was at least that trying to play funny. good football. And they brought in Sam Allardyce again. Is there no one else in this country that can do that role? I'm not mad at them bringing in a British manager. Bring in a British manager who can actually manage. Who, yeah. Who's with the times? You can play expansive modern day football. You can yeah. bring through the youth players. But I feel like we're, 
we're well, reaching like, a generation. Like, sorry, I'm getting like... really mad, but let me just give an example. Yeah, go on, You go see, Gnabry. Yeah. Pulis said that this guy's not good enough for West Brom. Look at him at Bayern Munich now winning the Champions League. This is the problem with football in the UK. It's the problem with football. It's the problem with every other sport in the UK. You've got these guys who are way out of their depth, who don't modernise along with the sport, who are in positions of power, who then turn around to very talented young athletes and say, oh, you're not good enough. You're not good enough, but you're in that <laughs> position. So you tell me. But I feel, I feel like that generation of managers are like dying off. Well, hopefully. hopefully. Well, I mean, like, I feel like there's a gap in England managers. Like, there's that generation. And then there's a gap of, like, I won't say they're that talented. They're talented enough for the Prem, obviously. But I feel like there's a gap of, like, missing generation managers. And obviously, there's the up and coming with, like, Frank Lampard, Gerard, and whoever else. I think Gerard's going to make a good manager. I'm going to put it out there. I have a strong feeling Gerard's going to make a good really manager. He's doing really well at Rangers. He hasn't lost doing the game very yet. Well, yeah. and, and I feel like if he goes to Liverpool, I actually think his next job will be Liverpool. I don't think it'll be anything definitely, else. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I just feel as though he is given that opportunity, though. Like, you know, opportunity breeds success. There's many footballers who have gone into management who have been terrible, who have been absolutely awful. They've not done anything worthwhile Henri. whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. For example, Henri, one, like, in my opinion, the greatest Premier League player, maybe it's between him and Ronaldo for me, but, you know, one of the greatest in the Prem ever. And, horrible. you know, manager. he isn't a good manager, but he's, he's still got the opportunity at Monaco, for example. So what does a British, you know, person who wants to get into coaching have to do to, to get these roles when all you got is Sam Allardyce or Arteta and Lampard and Gerard to compete with. Like, it, it's not fair on, you know, the young people of this country who want to be involved in sports and all these stupid initiatives that FIFA or the FA or whatever put out where they're supposed to be bringing more young people into the game. But then you see what they're competing with and you're thinking this just isn't fair. There has to be a streamlined process of bringing through young talents within within the sports industry. It doesn't necessarily have to be for the management role, but at least into coaching, the more has to definitely be done. And this is where, when I was talking about when the young players drop out, why do they drop out completely? Why don't we put them in a coaching school? Do you know what I mean? Like mandatory. And then they go out to various teams to help out. And then obviously they grow their careers. Like, I don't get it. Like you spend like six years training up a kid and then you're just like, oh, you're not good enough and you don't utilize it at all. It makes no sense. I mean, in some instances, it, it, it can be 10 years. There's kids who sign at like five, yeah, six, yeah, yeah. stay thought, in yeah, the academy until exactly. they're 16 and then they just get dropped and that's it. They're out, they're out in, in the wind. Off you go. In the Sam wind. Allardyce has, Sam Allardyce has another managerial job, but you don't worry about that. You go and become a, a bricklayer or you go and become a, you know, a supermarket cashier or something like that, which is completely unrelated to your skill set. Yeah. Because no, no, we want to give Sam Allardyce another fucking job. I'm sick of it. I'm sick um, of Sam yeah. Allardyce. <laughs> I can't like hate on Sam too much, but like 16 years is a long time to learn. Do you know what I mean? And with 16 years of knowledge, I feel like you have strong foundational football knowledge. And now it's time to really, you know, you're going to the, into your adult years. Now it's time to really educate you on how to manage, do you know what I mean? The ins and outs. Or how to at least just be a coach, you know, a coach of a football team. But it's like nothing. Like it really doesn't matter. These kids are actually nothing worth, worthless. It's quite sad if you think about it. But... um. Yeah, England, English football doesn't need... Uh, English sports in general needs to change. We don't have a pipeline for any, anything. Like, there is no sport that you can tell me right now where we have a pipeline of, like, this is the process to be an athlete, and if this doesn't happen, you can still go down this sport in this direction. 
Like we just don't have that. Is even in boxing, you know, we're doing really well in boxing, but it's all local clubs, and they don't even get supported. Like during this COVID pandemic, they got nothing, no money. Yet we have two of the heavyweight champions in the world. How many Anthony Joshuas are just being wasted every day? Every day they're just slipping through the through the cracks of a crap system that doesn't put into place what's needed to become athletically, uh, you know, dominant or what. Yeah. Put into place for them to be able to enter these sports arenas it's a fucking joke honestly how, I, how much money is wasted in detention how much money money is wasted in detention how much money is it wasted on sending these kids that are maybe not so academically gifted to like these you know these detention classes look if a kid keeps getting into a fight then you look use your brains do you know what i mean like use your brains <laughs> i don't want to say it like if the kid can fight put him into fighting but if he has the knack and he has athletic ability why not Give him something to earn respect for. Do you know what I mean? You, when you go into the gym, you're not just going to go around throwing hands. Like, first swing first, you're going to learn respect. Do you know what I mean? And then on top of that, maybe he can become a champion. But what do we do? We put them in a, in a classroom, say, you know what, shut up, don't learn anything, and waste uh, six years of your life. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that, there, there's um, stuff. a platitude of, like, reasons where everything goes wrong. But, like, even what you said about, okay, let's say you fail at this sport, you can still go into X, Y, Z direction. Okay, let's look at people who go into university, let's say, and do some sort of like, uh, you know, sport related degree. Okay, let's say you become a PE teacher. Are any of your skills utilized properly? Are you are you paid what you're worth? In both for me, the answer to both those questions is no, because what does a PE teacher do? We've all gone to school here. We've all been through the British education system. We've seen what PE entails. What do they really do? Put on a bib. We're going to randomly bibs. play a here's a ball. 90% of the time is football. Bro, I didn't play basketball until I was in like year 10. And then I realized, oh shit, I'm actually quite good at this. And I, and I actually really enjoy this. I played it maybe three yeah. times the whole time I was in school. Like there were, there's no, they don't utilize the knowledge that this person has. They just tell them, oh, you basically just act like a nanny, watch these kids as they, I don't know, smack the ball at Thank one another you. from three meters away. And then we wonder why our country, like the, the obesity rates are rising within the country. There's no education on nutrition there's no education on different variety of sports so that let's say if a child doesn't like football and doesn't partake in PE and gets unhealthy we just let them stay unhealthy rather than saying okay you're not interested in football here's what you might be interested in give them some variety teach them a bit more about nutrition do more like our like you know when somebody's incompetent in my line of work you get fired but for some reason when we have countless education ministers who do absolutely nothing to improve so our education system. They, they get promoted. But once they leave their role, they end up getting millions working for some bank or somewhere like that because they don't know anything about sports. They're bankers. They just come in, they cut, they cut funding, they cut everything to do with our national school system. They, they ruin everything within, within our schools, within our public schools at very least, and they just leave. No. Why is not like why is nothing being done for me? PE is a very very important lesson. Yeah, it is. So why are why are we doing something to try and utilize these you know educated people on sports? It's so not even that. Like, where is the competitiveness, Aaron, in, in in school? You know, when you go into America, it's like, look, you can be in competitive basketball, you can be competitive wrestling, you can be in. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many options where they have uh, national leagues and local leagues, and everyone gets involved. And I'm not saying they're all perf- like really good athletes. Everyone gets involved. Obviously, you reach a certain point where you're like, 
upper high school level and now it's time to weed out the proper athletes do you know what I mean and to see if you can make it to the top but you don't you don't think the kids underneath got you know got direction and got purpose out of these things but like you said what do we do put on bibs and inshallah whatever go kick ball or something it's, it yeah, makes there's no, no direction sense. this is what i'm saying it really irritates me because there's no direction whatsoever and then we turn around and then these people come out on tv and they say oh, our kids are getting fat oh they're so obese and then parents are getting blamed and this and that there's a million reasons why a kid might be obese you know what I mean? It, it yeah, doesn't yeah. even it doesn't even start with just oh the kid doesn't exercise or the kid just doesn't run. You know, nutrition is a big part big of that. In part, poor areas, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have way worse of, in terms of quality of food. Five wings and yeah. chips. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You get five wings and chips for a pound fifty that feeds you for the day. I, that's what kids are gonna eat in low income areas. It's yeah. heavy, fatty food because that's what they can afford. That's what fills their stomachs. Bro, yeah, that's what we're eating for years, Aaron. Let's keep it 100. Like, bro, we even every be... day after coming every day. from school. Every day. <laughs> Literally every day. Now I'm wondering why my cholesterol's through the roof. That's why. Yeah, yeah. And it's obvious, isn't it? It's obvious why. Like, we're not going to go to, you know what I mean? Like, some vegan place or... Obviously, it doesn't mean it needs to be vegan. I'm exaggerating. But, like, the healthier it gets, the more money it's going to be. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. for us, like, obviously, you know what you um, want, isn't it? Can I ask you guys, what do you... So, for example, you lot are saying you ate... Um, chicken and chips all the time. What are you blaming that on? Are you blaming that on education? No, no, no. What, thought, what, what no, is it? I think I think there's multiple ways of looking at issues of obesity, for example, within the country. I think first and foremost, you know, in schools, we with PE, for example, we're not utilizing those four hours that we get per week uh, correctly with the students to get them more interested in sports. Obviously, if you're more sportively sportively active then you're, go- you're not going to have these kind of health issues or you're less likely to have them. Mm-hmm. On top of that, if you have education on nutrition, you're going to know what to eat. You're going to be a bit more conscientious about what you eat. So that's yeah. obviously important. But Rohan, let me put it this way. It's socioeconomic, isn't it? it? Yeah, I think socioeconomic plays a big part. Yeah, like, no, there's people, people in our areas like that were, like last day, for example, right? He, yeah, he yeah, was like really scouted mean. out for football teams. Bro, he was eating five wings and chips as well with us. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a situation of, maybe education like he was in the football thing but the difference is is like we did honestly when it came to it it was one pound fifty what are you going to buy with a pound fifty raw that you could eat healthily it mm. doesn't exist man do you know what i mean is it i think yeah I mean, I, the availability in these like low-income areas is going to be this kind of food and this is why you get more obese problems obviously education is a part of it mm. and there's other stuff but i think this is a big big part i definitely think uh prevention is better than cure right so if for when you're when you're older you're you're aware that a chicken wing from a fried uh, chicken shop is not healthy for you but i think um if you just take away the socio-economical place and you bring the conversation back to education during like a secondary school i guess year seven year eight times uh, i'm you're definitely aware of what foods can be good and bad but I, i can't remember a moment where they spoke to me about if you eat so much fatty foods what would happen to your arteries like i never i never knew like they didn't give me visuals in pe they never spoke to me about oh when you're running a lot your heart uh, pumps more blood blah blah it never got explained like that like you guys mentioned it was just it was it was never education it was just uh, physical as well i feel like the two were never put together it was just oh go out run blah blah blah, blah. but the, what about the education side why are you not telling me okay i've ran I've done a lot of kicking. What's going to happen to my muscle? Where's my recovery? What do I need to eat so the pain can go away? How do I recover better? They, they never got into 
that part and that's more maybe higher level because it's more sport sports based athlete based but how about just like at a normal healthy level why why are you not telling me um, if i eat this food this will happen to my cholesterol if i eat that food like it was never that it was just always like you lot mentioned put a bib on do netball i don't want to play netball first of all but yeah, i'm yeah. playing netball badminton can't front badminton was fun but again i'd rather always pick football I feel like there's no... Um, there's no focus. There's no focus. There's no choice. It's just so blurry. It's a fugazi. It's in the it's wind. Fugazi. It's not real. Look, if, I, if you put me in charge of the education system, this is what I'd do, yeah? I, obviously, I only thought of this like you know, shortly, but I'd put it from like primary school to the end of primary school. Let's say year seven, you get one year. It's a fugazi thing. You know what I mean? Like the teachers do whatever they want. But from the moment you hit secondary properly, let's say year seven onwards, you have to pick a stream. Do you know what I mean? What stream do you want to play? Do you want to play a ball game? Do you want to play? Do you know what I mean? And it it just narrows it down in the later years until you find yourself you spent six years in this specific stream that you've become very good at. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why waste time? Why also, not give give the kids years to develop on a sport? I, I also do think though uh, during your primary times, like you said, it should still be a fugazi, whatever. But I think the um, intensity and the uh, amount of exercise you, you do in primary school should be higher because mm. the amount of obese kids I'm seeing is mad worrying because especially when you think about when they go home, they're on the PlayStation and stuff. When they're at yeah. school, you know, they should be more... Like, another thing is, secondary school, like, I remember, like, there was always more, like, like, geography, English. I feel like those things compared to health is not as important if I'm being honest, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I like, I think PE should be revamped. The education side of it and the physical side, like, we should be doing more. Revolution. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah, you lot are talking about like four hours a week. Like, I, I just, for our age, for 15, uh, 11, sorry, for 11 to 16 year olds, I feel like that's not enough. I think it has to be more intense. The hours you do have to be better because honestly, the obesity numbers are going mad. And when you put, to get, put it all together, look at the bigger picture, like you lot said, socioeconomical reasons as well. Like, I had a project where I had to look at um, 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 uh, a CVD, uh, cardiovascular disease, and yeah. um, people who um, are in socioeconomical uh, areas of the country, they, surprise, surprise, they have more um, uh, symptoms. They tend to have the cardiovascular disease, the actual disease. And you get me, the amount of money taxpayers money that goes to this mad it's a waste bro obesity it, yeah. sorry obesity again the figures i'm not quite sure but it's in the billions it is definitely a waste like something has to be done when it comes to sports and education of sport and i think again it comes down to the problem of focus you know kids like they don't care if you throw a million things in front of them and what, what i really hated is that it was always football like, what if a kid just wasn't good at football, didn't like football? He's yeah. not going to put any effort into it. But let's say you had a, a, a wide selection that was focused and a kid could decide for himself, hey, you know what? I really like basketball. Let me just stick to basketball for six years. He will turn up. He will do more than four hours a week. He'll probably do after school as well. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous. The way it's set up is broken. Like you said, it needs a complete revamp. I, I, I don't know how these health ministers have gotten away with it. Like you said, we're spending so much money. They need to be fired. We spend so fire much money <laughs> on the NHS. All this money is, is going to waste, dude. Prevention, like Rohat, is better than cure. Instill good habits early. Let them latch onto a sport they're going to love for why... life and practice for life. 
This is why I get mad when they just like they say, oh, it's the kids for it's just the parents for like we as a society need to put in things in place to ensure that we as a society don't let this, in my opinion, like the second pan- pandemic of obesity get out of control, for example. Uh, I obviously we've discussed all the ways that that can be done. And you're thinking, surely this conversation must have happened at some point within the ranks of government. So why have they not acted upon it? I just, I, that always blows my mind. I mean, as you said, billions is being spent through the NHS on just, you know, because when you're obese or when you're, you know, not physically active, that can cause a lot of problems for you health-wise, which obviously becomes a burden on the NHS. If these changes were to be made, no matter how expensive they are, it's not going to be more expensive than the amount of money you would spend on, you know, things in the NHS to kind of curb this, this problem that we have at the moment. So I, I'm just not understanding where the disconnect is and why nothing is being done. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Again, what, what really gets me, we have two world champions of boxing in the UK. One of them was trained by his family. The other one, tra- uh, he, he began when he was 18. Do you know what I mean? I mean? It's a joke. It's a joke. What about everyone else? All the other talent? There is Dylan definitely... White. Think about Dylan White. I mean... Yeah, I mean, lost. His thing, Derek Chisora lost. We've had David Hay in this country. You know, I mean, if you go back far enough, we've had so many, like, especially with boxing. But then you look at, okay, how many boxing gyms are available? How much funding is going towards boxing, given that we're so good at it? I mean, really, how much is going towards those? Not very much. How much support is that is that thing getting from the government in, low, in these small areas, in these poorer areas, so we can have more champions? Again, nothing. I mean, you talk about boxing, but even MMA, I mean, Conor McGregor. Yeah. You know, how many people are there in the world that does UFC? And then what are the chances that you end up having somebody like Conor McGregor, you know, mm. go and doing what he's done for the UFC? And, and again, you look at Conor McGregor and I think, you know, he was working at like an Asda or a Sainsbury's or something like that till he was like 21. Yeah, pretty much. He, he was saying in an interview somewhere, like, oh, maybe not 21, but he, he, he was working in something that made no sense to what he wanted to do going forward in his career. And you're thinking you know, is this really the best we can do? I know it's not the best we can do. So then my question is, why isn't it being done? It's just ridiculous. I think it goes back to like the original thing that we said. I think obviously the government early phase needs to get involved, but also the industries need to feed back and stop being greedy. Look how much money is being made in boxing. And really, it's not really being fed back unless it's through the boxer, you know, paying for his home amateur club. But that doesn't count. That's not systematic. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's both ways. They both need to feed in. And, uh, you know, for the health of... It's not just for, for athletes, but for the generic health of the population. Everyone wins in this situation. All right. Well, I think that was a very lively, lively little debate there. Um, I don't know if there's any other points you guys want to get into. Obviously, you can feel free to. But uh, um, No, I just wanted to say... Um... Just on the coaching, I uh, just wanted to bring it up briefly. Uh, Jose Mourinho's assistant, he did study, uh, um, he done a master's um, uh, advanced performance football coaching in Wales, South Wales. So again, if anybody's interested in taking that pathway, you know, like I mentioned, there's um, obviously the Premier League scheme that I mentioned and obviously this as well. So you can have a look in it, basically, just a bit of information. All right, well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Today we had on Rohat. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. 
And uh, yeah, so we've discussed sports today. We've discussed uh, a lot of a lot of things surrounding that topic area. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, then you know please share it with a friend. Even if you share it with one friend who listens, that's still massive for us. So um, yeah, thank you once again for listening. Uh, remember, you can sign up to our, our Patreon. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you don't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come knocking on your door. But you know, if you do, that'd be great. Uh, and yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.